You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Monday. Good morning and welcome to the scrimmage. I'm Daniel Hargrove and special guest today with us, my brother, Jimmy Hargrove. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Justin Domashevitz. I feel like every week in the intro now, Daniel's trying to top the weirdness of the noise he made the previous week. And we've gotten to the point where like he's making animal mating sounds, which is a little bit awkward. And mostly intriguing. But don't let that distract you from the fact that we have a very interesting show for you today. We're going to talk about Earl Thomas. We got some other good NFL topics. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll pick at Daniel a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, that is usually on the on the show sheet. Pick at Daniel. But also we're going to be talking some uh, NCAA rules proposals that uh, Jim Harbaugh threw out there. But first, let's get it going with the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball to the ref. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet Buckeye, don't worry. Three. The two minute drill starts now. Oh, the NFL has recently sent a memo out to all 32 teams which laid out protocols for the gradual reopening of team facilities. The league wants teams to be ready to implement the first phase. That's a word we're hearing a lot of these days. The first phase of that plan by May 15th. Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said that no facilities should be opened until all 32 teams can legally open. Justin, is Tomlin right? I'm very impressed, actually, because I like every single week to give Daniel the longest question and hope that he stumbles over it somewhere in the middle, (laughs) but he did a pretty good job there. So, So now that I've got that out of the way, I'll actually answer the question. In a perfect world, I would say yes, it would be great if everything was even and equal all across the board, but right now we're not living in a perfect world. And it's kind of unreasonable to think that teams might not open their facilities for certain things if they have the ability to, like to rehab guys who are injured or for players to have an actual gym to work out. Maybe teams can't practice together or do walkthroughs on the field or scrimmages or what there might be certain things you can and cannot do but league facilities are going to be open at different times and Mike Tomlin's just going to have to deal with it <laughs> yeah everything can't be eaten with, even when the Patriots cheat all the time anyway so <laughs> the NFL has officially nixed the pass interference replay review after just one season 84% of pass interference calls were upheld on review in 2019. Daniel, are you happy to see this rule go? No, I think that it needs to still be there, but they need officials who actually will adhere to it instead of just being like, no, we really don't care. Uh, yeah, that's just going to stand. Like, um, doesn't matter how egregious it ever was. Really, I guess I don't mind too much that this rule is gone since they weren't going to follow it anyway. What they need to do is go with the Sky Judge like the XFL had because it was quick, easy, smooth, and holy cow, was that the best thing that the XFL really came up with. 
Former Seahawk running back Marshawn Lynch is publicly discussing the possibility of yet another return to two in 2020. Beast Mode rejoined an injury-riddled Seahawks squad for the playoffs last season. Justin, would you like to see Marshawn back on the sidelines? Well, for the same reason that I was glad when he signed with the Raiders, I'm going to say yes because my personal opinion is that the NFL is always more interesting when Marshawn Lynch is in it. But the reality of the situation is, if Chris Carson is healthy, if Rashad Penny is healthy, he's not going to see the field because at his age, both of those guys are significantly better than him. So I think I'd love to see him, you know, maybe on the roster as kind of a guy that would just be there and then, you know, jump in if everybody got hurt, like kind of happened last year. But I don't think I would want to see him playing significant time because that's probably a signal that the season didn't go very well for Seattle. (laughs) Daniel, the official dictionary definition of a quesadilla is a tortilla. (laughs) Is the tortilla filled ah. with cheese and heated? Is the bag to make a quesadilla? Wait, say that again. Skype cut out a little bit. The official definition is what? The official definition of quesadilla is a tortilla filled with cheese and heated. And your question is, what is the best way to make quesadilla? Oh, the best way. You had to you had to change the goalposts there cuz official definition that proves my point that what I am eating is quesadillas. So, I don't care if it's just one tortilla filled with cheese and put in the microwave, that still works. And I'm not going to say it's the best way, it's the quickest way to get that tortilla filled with heated cheese into my mouth. So that is my favorite way, but if you want the best quesadilla, I'm sure that others will argue differently, but I am taking this as a win that the definition proves me right. <laughs> Jimmy, you weren't here last I, week. I believe... We had, the, we had a big argument over... Uh, if what I was making is a quesadilla where I just put throw it nope, into the that microwave. That wasn't the argument. Nope, that wasn't the argument. The argument was <laughs> over whether or you not said No 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 no. The argument was whether or not what you were no, <laughs> I did you say that. Said but it the was argument a cheese fart. <laughs> yeah. I said I think what I said was the official name for what you do should be a cheesy grease fart surprise or something like that. But <laughs> the argument that we were having was not n- not mostly over whether or not what you were doing was a quesadilla. I will admit that I said it's not. I stand by that, even though the dictionary definition disagrees with me. I was saying what you're doing is disgusting and it's, it's lazy. It's lazy on a high level. Because you could put like six more minutes into it and have something that's significantly more tasty. So, um, six minutes is a long time, Justin, and that number keeps going down because you started with it takes ten minutes to bake, then it was eight to ten minutes, and now you're down to six. Eight to ten minutes, including prep time, and you said you can have the whole thing done in three minutes in the microwave. So yes. I was going eight to ten. I split the difference. Nine minutes, six minutes difference between three and nine. That's math. You're welcome. <laughs> math. It makes total sense though that he would make it that way because growing up, my dad's our dad's idea of a snack 
was throwing cheese on a piece of bread and throwing that in the microwave. <laughs> I, I've done that before when I was like nine years old and I didn't know how yeah. to cook anything else for myself and I wasn't allowed to use the oven. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just glad that I haven't also followed my dad's uh, way that he makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches by oh, then God. adding like quarter inch slabs of butter throughout it. <laughs> I've never tried that, but it sounds amazing. That does sound good. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I should have seen that coming when uh, we have all of our questions on our show sheet here, and the last one just said secret question for Daniel. <laughs> you know, it could have oh. been a variety of things, though, Daniel, because I could have been talking about how your nephew almost beat you in golf the other day. How how uh, old is he? Is he is he eight? Is he he's nine? nine? He'll be nine. ten in a couple months. Okay, so Jimmy's almost son, ten. I have it on good authority. Uh, she almost beat Daniel in golf in real golf, nine holes the other day in real yeah. golf. Real yeah, golf. it was real golf. Six strokes difference. Yeah, and um, just because you guys know that I love opening myself up for ridicule, I went out and played nine <laughs> holes the next day. And I shot the same score that uh, Logan had shot the previous day. (laughs) Well, you shouldn't feel too ashamed about all this because the reason that I got that information in the first place was because I commented that he could probably beat me. And then I thought back to some of the scores that I've had on nine holes at Highlands. Were you guys at Highlands, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, I thought back to some of the scores that I've had on nine holds. I'm convinced that he wouldn't just beat me. I think he'd beat me by ten strokes. So <laughs> I I don't think you should feel too much shame about that. <laughs> no. Um I might need more lessons though. <laughs> we have a video up on our YouTube page of me getting some great lessons uh from yeah. Ronnie Espidal and I need more because I have fallen into my old ways. <laughs> Not which good. was perfect on the first hole well the 10th hole yeah he completely banana sliced it right onto the edge of the green yeah yeah it was great <laughs> but that banana slice stayed with him for most of the round you know uh daniel yeah. i i know logan pretty well i might be able to get him to give you some lessons if you want it <laughs> the highlight i don't know about that the highlight of ronnie's <laughs> lessons was huh <laughs> yeah yes the, the yeah, unusual yeah. noise that ronnie made that was the only possible reaction to as, daniel's shot as daniel yep. sliced it I upwards and yeah. sideways out of hey the no he was con- he was confused because i hooked that one upwards <laughs> and oh, sideways sorry. you're right you did hook it yeah which is all right well, that's that's a two-minute drill brought to you by State Farm agent Mark Rossetti. Thank you again so much for sponsoring that segment. Also, we are brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law offices of Jeff Domashevitz, who make this next segment a weekly thorn in my side. Speaking of ways to ridicule Daniel, this is Stump Daniel brought to you by the law office of Jeff Domashevitz. And I just want to remind you, the scrimmage is brought to you by the law office of Jeff Domashevitz, State Farm Agent Mark Rosetti, and also Oli Penn Real Estate. So for this particular edition of Stump Daniel, I decided to go back to the well, which has been a little back and forth for me. I'm going back to name that Mariner. So just to refresh, just to refresh the audience on what name that Mariner's rules are. 
I'm going to give Daniel hints. He can, but doesn't have to. He's not required to, but he can make a guess of the player after every single hint. And every hint that he goes, guessing the player wrong or not guessing the player, he gets a little, he looks a little bit dumber. Um, I have seven hints in total, and by the time we get to the seventh one, if you don't know it, then you just failed because you're just a diehard baseball guy and Mariners fan. So um, you should know these things, all right? All right. Did I, su- did I successfully uh, set you up with great confidence? Uh, <laughs> no, and even less confidence. Usually it's not a good sign or omen when my Skype call says poor connection right before this starts, too. Okay. So okay. We'll go for it. First hint, this player led the 2011 Mariners in home runs with 19. Let me repeat that because it's a staggering number. This player led the 2011 Seattle Mariners in home runs with 19-1-9. Do you have a legal situation and needs? Do, 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 Whoops. Um, I've got, I've got some guesses. So I guess, I guess I should, did we, did we say, can Jimmy, can Jimmy help me with this one? No, he's only allowed to laugh at you. Laugh at you. Oh. All right. So I've got some guesses, so I might as well throw some names out there, eliminate some players. So I'll throw out, um, Jose Lopez. It is not Jose Lopez. Okay. Here is your second clue. This player also led the team in 2011 with 62 RSBI. Let me repeat that. He led the team with 62 RSBI. And yes, I'm saying it RSBI because it's runs batted in, not run batted ins. Okay. Led the team (laughs) with 62 RSBI. I was so confused. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Why did Felix Hernandez stay with this team? <laughs> um, let's see. 19 home runs, 62 RBI. Uh, Russell Branion. It is not Russell Branion. I'm sorry. That was a terrible guess. This guy's the opposite of Russell Branion. He's the okay. opposite of Russell Branion. Yeah, I just said that. It didn't mean anything. All right. <laughs> Your third hint. This player was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Oakland Athletics in 1996, but didn't make his major league debut until 2002 when he hit a home run in his first at-bat for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Wow. You don't have to guess. You could choose not to guess. Um, I'm going to choose. Oh my gosh! Um, Franklin Gutierrez. It is not Franklin Gutierrez. Sorry, that was a terrible guess. Also, all right. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Hint, hint number four. <laughs> this player was a Mariner from 2004 to 2005. And again, from 2011 to 2012. Oh, my gosh. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait. Raul Ibanez. 
It is not Raul Ibanez. That was also a terrible guess. <laughs> All right. Your next hint. This player played for seven different major league teams, debuting with the White Sox in 2002 and ending his major league career in 2014 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was signed by the San Francisco Giants in 2016, but never made it back to the bigs. Oh. Uh. Uh. <laughs> no, I think that's too long ago. Gosh darn it. I mean, you could just give up if you'd rather just give up. That's fine. I don't think our sponsor would mind if you just gave up on the segment. <laughs> I This is another terrible guess, but it's the only name popping into my head right now. Michael Morse. That is also a terrible guess. Congratulations, Daniel, on your fifth consecutive terrible guess. Here is your sixth hint. This player was released by the Dodgers in 2014 after a dugout altercation with a teammate during a triple-A game led to him biting a chunk off of his teammate's ear. <laughs> Would you like me to repeat the hint? This player was released by the Dodgers in 2014 after a dugout altercation with a teammate during a triple-A game led to him biting off a chunk of his teammate's ear. I love that he doesn't know that. That's amazing. Well, it didn't happen while he was with the Mariners, which I think is contributing to that. And in fact, I will admit, I didn't know this story until I looked up this particular player. But he totally Mike Tyson the crap out of Alex Guerrero's ear. <laughs> uh, now... Milton Bradley? It is not Milton Bradley. That was another terrible guess. Probably your worst one yet. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to hint number seven after six consecutive awful guesses. You should get it after this one. This Dominican-born catcher was acquired by the Mariners in 2004 in a trade that sent Freddy Garcia to the White Sox. This Dominican-born catcher was acquired by the Mariners in 2004 in a trade that sent Freddy Garcia to the White Sox. Apparently you like old catchers because it's, because this isn't my answer, but Jesus Montero was a previous one of yours. Um, I'm going to say Miguel Olivo. It is Miguel Olivo. Congratulations on your first not terrible guess of this segment of Stump <laughs> Daniel. He bit a guy's ear. <laughs> so, so per ESPN, I think of all these Stump Daniels and name that Mariner, the most fun thing has been trying to find an obsc a semi-obscure guy that people will still know, and then like really digging into everything about him. I don't remember this ear biting story at all. But it's funny because <laughs> the altercation began on the field. Um, it was something in a pitching change. Uh, Oliva was upset by uh, during a pitching change. He had some kind of argument with him about getting a tag down. Um, so that's how it started. And it went into the dugout. Now, um, 
Alex Guerrero, who's the guy who got his ear bitten off, was a, a Cuban player who had just been signed for $28 million. He was batting 376 in AAA, and it looked like he was about ready to get called up. So Olivo was on the 40-man roster, but he was assigned to AAA at the time, and then he bit the ear off of the guy that was supposed to be like one of the best... Uh, best future players of the franchise. And I don't know if it was all completely related, but Alex Guerrero also never turned out to be anything. He played basically one full season and was never any good. He missed over a month because of the reconstructive surgery that he had to have um, on his ear just to be able to get back out there and Whoa. play baseball. Yeah, and then uh, to cap it all off, Olivo, Olivo only played eight games in the majors that year, and he batted 217. So he was not a contributor and he bit the ear off of one of the guys who was supposed to be one of the futures of their franchise. That guy turned out to be garbage, probably because he only had, you know, one and a half years. That'd be my best guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's insane. Also, it's insane that he led the team in home runs in RBI (laughs) with those terrible numbers. 19 and 62 and i'll add also that was not like he only played half a season he played 130 games that year and he batted 224 um the mariners were just massive garbage like the the guy who led them in (laughs) the guy who led them in almost every other category that year was ichiro and they just had like no power hitters and no guys to drive runs in um but it was a dark time i think we all remember Yes. It was a dark time. <laughs> yeah. It's still there. The, the yeah, dark it, time it was... has been continuing. <laughs> it is a dark time. By the time. way, also, another plug for that SB Nation documentary that they're doing right now. Go watch it. It documents how dark the Mariners' entire history is besides, like, two or three seasons. It's pretty darn good. What's that called? Uh, they don't have, like, the, each episode's named different, but, like, the, the first, it's just SB Nation, Dorktown, and they, like, I'm not, I haven't seen a title for the entire series yet. Okay. But, it's pretty easy to find, and it's, it's really, really good. They haven't finished, they haven't released all the episodes yet, but, yeah, it's, it's amazing. All right, that was... Sadly, another stump Daniel where even though I finally got the correct answer, I still feel beaten and bruised. Yeah, you should, because just to be perfectly clear, the seventh hint was designed for you to feel 100% confident guessing the correct answer. And I think you still had some (laughs) hesitation there. Yeah, there was a little bit. I was pretty certain, but yeah. And you're right. Half of those were terrible guesses. No, they six of them were six of them were terrible guesses. <laughs> All right, that was 100%. Stump Daniel brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Again, thank you so much for that sponsorship. And now a commercial break. 
caught Andrew off guard. legal situation and need someone on your side, let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Do you have a legal situation? Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> you gave our sponsor an extra two seconds of commercial, Andrew. He deserved it after that spon- <laughs> after that stump, Daniel. <laughs> so I have a legal situation. <laughs> I have this squatter living in my basement. <laughs> Do you feel you'd be, you'd be more inclined... You'd be more inclined to be okay with the squatter if he was better at Mariner's trivia. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Um, Daniel wants time. Daniel wants to move on. <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you ask me a question about like which Mariner knew how to make himself throw up? Because I, I got that one locked down. I feel like you really want to tell me who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this was something I learned in that documentary series. Apparently, Jay Buner called it uh, blurping, and he would make himself <laughs> throw up to get a reaction out of other people. Hopefully, they, they would throw up too. And one time, he did it in the outfield, and both Ken Griffey Jr. and whoever was playing left field also threw up on the field when they <laughs> saw it. That's the most that disgusting like story I've heard. That's, that's both horrible. Baseball players are disgusting. That is both <laughs> horrible and jives with like everything I know about Jay Buhner. <laughs> that's trucks, awesome. trucks, more trucks. That dude, like, that dude is yeah. awesome. <laughs> the guy played with that Grace Harbor would fit that bill too i can't remember bison yes jimmy played with oh a guy at gray cyber who had the nickname bison <laughs> <laughs> he uh he uh what is it a uh, a sack a fake sack bunt uh, home run in a in a <laughs> early season game <laughs> Ch- it was supposed to be a sack bunt you know, one of those chop it into the ground type things, and he uh, he went yard instead. <laughs> That's what? How is that physically possible? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've actually seen headlines on major websites that say things like, "With the coronavirus and social distancing, how will baseball be affected by players not being able to spit?" And as a person who hates things that are disgusting, I'm looking at it going, what? How is that an issue? You just tell those disgusting individuals to take their hands out of their pants and stop spitting. Jimmy, you have played baseball at a higher level than any of the rest of us. How would you have felt if you weren't allowed to spit playing baseball? It uh, is basically trying to tell uh, a toddler, like, not to do something it just it doesn't work it's like an involuntary action that just happens once you step between those white lines even if you haven't played for a long time all of a sudden you just like it's just like 
It's like <laughs> it just it just happens. It just comes out. You don't know why. What if uh, what if baseball, they treated Justin. it like? What if they treated it like flopping in the NBA? And the first time you spit on a baseball field in a game, you get a fifteen thousand dollar fine. And the second time you do it, you get a fifty thousand dollar fine. And the third time you spit on a baseball field, you get a suspension. Would you? physically be able to prevent yourself from spitting i think no i think what you would see is a bunch of baseball players spitting until they're crobo <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah okay you have these uh stains in their in their crobo yeah from their their chew stain uh. <laughs> well you know i've played a lot of rec league softball as an adult and I managed to almost never spit. So I think I would have no problem with that transition. Does Justin Is show there up a for correlation? games, Daniel? What? Does, does Justin show up for games? I thought he always no. says that he's going to be late and then shows up at the end. <laughs> he hasn't played well, in way too long. I, when was the last time we played with Justin? <laughs> I played it. I I played in a weekend tournament with you guys last year. One day. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. All right. Uh, so from fun topics to... Gosh, how do you transition into this mess? I mean, uh, this is like... Partially. This is the heartbreak of Andrew right now. Because oh, one... I mean, that. I want to talk about it. <laughs> One of our favorite players of past, Earl Thomas, um, has gotten himself into a an absolute mess. Justin, do you, do you have a rundown? Do you want to give a rundown? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to talk about it since it's like one of the only big stories going on right now, especially with someone formerly, I mean, tied to the Seahawks. Yeah, you know, the way that it unfolded was interesting, too, because the story broke with him on social media saying, hey, everyone, you're all going to learn about a domestic issue with me and my wife, and I just want you to know that just be praying for our family and blah, blah. Like, he tried to get ahead of it, but he did it in a really vague way that made it seem like he abused his wife. Like, that was... the immediately where everybody's mind goes is that he abused his wife. And then when the actual story comes out, what happened was his wife held a gun a foot away from his head with a bullet in the chamber, with the safety off, with her finger on the trigger. So he actually didn't physically harm his wife in any way. In fact, she's the only one who's been charged with a crime in all of this. Basically, the rundown of what happened was they got in an argument at home because she thought he was drinking too much. He called up his brother. His brother came and picked him up. And there's been a lot of differing in what type of women these were. But they end up at a local Airbnb spot with some women. And they're doing things that married dudes should not do with other women, to put it delicately. Um, and his wife used and used it to track him to where he was, which I'm going to only assume he had no idea that she was going to have the capability of doing that. But she used she she logged into his Snapchat account, saw a video of him with another woman, tracked him down where he was, 
brought a what was described in the TMZ article as a quote-unquote posse. But what I think what they said was she grabbed a couple of friends to take with her. She took Earl Thomas's gun um, and to quote-unquote scare him. Um, one of the other women also had a knife. And apparently when the police officers showed up at the scene, they were no longer in the bedroom. They were outside and she was chasing him around the car with the knife because he had wrestled the gun away from her. Um, it was also alleged that she pointed this gun at the women that were in the room and at, uh, at other people that were in the room and threatened to kill them as well. Um, it's by all accounts, a terrible that is really difficult to deal with in a couple of ways because you know, when you look at this, like criminally Earl Thomas is not the one who's in the wrong here. His wife, uh, handled this in a incredibly, um, reckless, dangerous, and, uh, misinformed way. Um, she told police later that she had taken the magazine out of the gun um, she didn't think that she had no intention of actually shooting anybody. She didn't think the gun was capable of firing with the magazine out and didn't know that with a bullet in the chamber, you could still fire it. So it was a live gun with a bullet in the chamber, safety off finger on the trigger that she had no idea was capable of firing, which makes it even more scary because if she thought it couldn't fire, what if she had decided to pull the trigger to prove a point and scare him by actually pulling the trigger, she would have shot him. But the bigger, I guess, there's a lot of ways from this, but immediately, my first, I'm just sick of losing heroes. I'm just sick of seeing the expectation that I have for a football player that I've been a fan of for a long time, or any athlete that I've been a fan of for a long time, is I just feel like there should be an expectation that they're a decent person off the field. Maybe that's unreasonable. But when I saw Apparently. that, I thought, whoa, that's a scary situation for Earl Thomas to have been in. That's terrible. But at the same time, I'm just looking at the situation with the infidelity going, I just, I'm so sick of people just excusing. Like, all athletes just have affairs, and that's just the way it is. Because every time, maybe I live in a bubble and I live in a world that's not the same as theirs. But every time I see a situation like this, with with Earl Thomas going off and having relations with women that he's not married to. When he's married to someone else, I just think that's crappy. It makes me feel crappy because this guy that I've spent all this time rooting for is kind of a creep. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've gotten to talk to actually a couple of professional athletes and their the life the the world that they live in is completely different than ours and i'm not condoning or saying what they're doing is okay but um their level of temptation is completely different than ours they literally are having women throw themselves at them constantly and i don't know how you would handle that i know i would be that would be pretty hard for me i'm i so thankful to God that I don't have to deal with that day in and day out. You know, maybe for the first couple of months or whatever, you can stand strong. But after a while, it, it just starts to wear at you, especially if you're having relational issues. And so not that I'm saying that, you know, I'm condoning whatever they do. They just live in a different world. And I think it's a little, I don't know what the word is, but uh, naive of us to think to that, uh, they are above whatever they're facing, even though they appear to be superhuman on the field, field, 
they're not superhuman in every other aspect of life, which is what we kind of project onto them to be. So, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting point to bring up, and it is it's sad though because we do have those mm-hmm. we have those viewpoints that I mean, you're right. You mentioned this. It's another hero to look at in a different light, and it's always painful when somebody who you've looked up to or you really you know you cheer for a lot and they have a situation like this that comes up and you're you know it's it's hard and he was one of you know he's one of my favorite players when he was with the Seahawks and I still rooted for him when he was in Baltimore and just the how fortunate that nobody got shot in that because this doesn't even begin to describe what his wife was being with with the handgun and to have a bullet in the chamber and her finger on the trigger and as you mentioned not knowing that it was loaded i'm i'm shocked that she didn't pull the trigger to try and scare somebody and accidentally shoot someone i mean it's amazing to me that nobody actually got physically hurt in this situation yeah there's for me for me there's two two really major important things from this and and I'll get the first one out of the way because I like maybe this could possibly save someone else but you absolutely never ever point a gun at someone unless you intend to shoot the gun you only point the gun at something that you intend to shoot it's not a threat you it's so it's such a serious destructive intentional thing to do you never think about pointing it at something or someone unless if it's you are intending on pulling the trigger and the second thing is that i have two earl thomas jerseys and earl thomas is clearly not the legal victim in this situation i'm not going to like, I'm going to be struggling to ever wear those jerseys again because Earl Thomas was my favorite player of in the NFL ever. I lo- He's an absolutely incredible safety. And I loved the fact, in addition to being an incredible safety, that he seemed to be a really cool dude off of the field. And I'm not saying that it's unforgivable, but I am saying that it's something that it... It is possible to not cheat. It's possible. And if I'm going to hold you up on that pedestal of like, this dude is a badass. I want to be able to play like him. I wish I could be like him. You also have to not be be able to not cheat. That's that's a basic level necessity. And it really I sucks. also... Yeah. And I think also, at least for me personally... It's different now that he's in our rearview mirror as Seahawks fans because if this had happened while he was a player and while he was still doing great on the field, there's a way for for a team I'm rooting for, there's a potential way that you can still root for the player and not the person. But now he's not a Seahawk anymore. So we're looking at this entirely as like, you're no longer a player that plays for a team that I root for. So I'm going to try to look for other ways to continue to root for you in life and in other, you know, in other endeavors. But like, this is not a person anymore that I look up to off the football field. 
I have no reason to root for him on the football field because he doesn't play it for a team that I root for. And, you know, there was a part of me that as unceremoniously as Earl Thomas's time ended in Seattle, like I still kind of wanted to watch him do awesome things when he played for Baltimore. I <laughs> thought it was kind of cool when the uh, lasting image of the last, the final image I have from him from last season is getting stiff armed twice and pushed to the ground by Derrick Henry <laughs> during a playoff game. I thought it was cool, but also at the same time, like, like Andrew was saying, like I felt like Earl Thomas was kind of a cool dude and he would have been the kind he's quite possibly the most prolific defensive backfield in NFL history in the Legion of Boom and now all of a sudden I find out that there's this major character flaw that yeah if he was on the field for my team I could figure out a way to separate the for my team I don't have to worry about separating those things I can just think he's kind of a creep and move on and that's a little sad to me I, I just want to put out here that if I was the kind of fan that Justin was, I would have announced myself as a Ravens fan last year. Congratulations, Andrew. But I'm not, because I love the Seahawks. <laughs> you know that... You, you know that, like, literally 95% of people in the United States are better right? Like, so there's, there's no accomplishment for you there. <laughs> I just wanted to get it out there. Okay, congratulations. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. <laughs> right. Anybody else have anything more to add on this? Nope. All right. Sad thing to end the first part of our show on, but the second half is, uh, I'm pretty sure, filled with lighthearted and fun stuff. So come to the next part of this episode of The Scrimmage.